Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. It's Farrell on the bench in the biggest way possible. Hanging out the bad seat, the broken head, the bad apple with the bad attitude. Hanging around a bunch of bad attitude, bad taste, bad life, bad dude, bad rap, bad attitude, bad vibes. We are live in the Farrell Palatia right across the river and through the woods. From where grandma's not even coming around these days because 34C got a little taste of the hunter. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on over here. Carver High, but I do know we're in New York City. Ooh. People dressed in plastic bags, or rented jellies, some kind of fashion shake, get up to do but all my friends that come around, flutter, flutter, party, rides on the west side, bed bugs uptown, what a mess, it sounds tattered, my brain's flattered all over Manhattan, should you be shake out, ooh. So, um, I'm just going to be secretive here at the beginning of the show because 34 C's, like, right across the hall in another room in the Pharrell Palatial, but she's sick. And I was like, <laughs> When I came into the studio, I was I'm rocking the mask because uh, Gunner, Gunner had a cold, uh, my son, and he did not have the COVID, but he had a cold, right? And a head cold and a sore throat, the whole deal. And then uh, she now has it. And the funny thing is, is that... Um, She's got it way worse than he had it. Like, he just had, like, a normal head cold, whatever. No big deal. He went to the doctor. He passed the test. That's that. But she's got it. She's had it, like, one day, and she's already hacking, coughing. And I'm, like, running from her. Like, I mean, honestly, like, like she's got a knife or something, swinging a knife at me. I want nothing to do with her. I'm like, she goes, I'm really sick. I'm like, oh, that's great. I'm like, out of the room. (laughs) I'm gone. I was like... Dude, I was gone. I was like, I wore my Steeler one, but I wore it for like an I wore it for like an hour, but it was too small, so I went back to the doctor look. <laughs> I got the doctor mask going. Greg Bell will join us next from Seattle. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood... We bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. 
So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. All right, for all the bench, our good friend uh, Greg Bell, great writer, uh, Tacoma News, out in the Pacific Northwest. He's been on the bench a million times. We got to get him on uh, coast to coast. Have we had him on the TV side of it yet? Uh, Carver High, what's the deal? This is BS. Who's in charge? Carver, how are you going to have to get our boy Bell on there once the uh, football season starts up? Uh, let's bring him in. Greg, how you doing, buddy? Hope you're well. Good, Scott. Welcome to your new digs. I got a yeah, face man. made for radio, so we'll do this. That's all right. Uh, we got to get you on the TV side as well. Uh, I do both now. I do uh, that in the daytime. And it's at night, so I'm pretty busy, but uh, it's great to have you back on the show, buddy. So um, Thanks. Good to talk to you. Anyway, here's the deal. Don't tell anybody, Greg, but I'm like dodging the Honda over here. My son got sick. Uh, he passed the test. He did not have it. And then now my wife got it and she's like laying in bed coughing. And I'm like, yeah, nice knowing you. <laughs> Started wearing a mask around the house. She came in. She goes, I really don't feel well. I dove across the room under a, I went under a rug <laughs> with the dog and I swam up into my studio and locked the door. I put nails in the door. I got I dragged a refrigerator up here full of Gatorade. I got, I'm literally, I'm sticking my head out the window. I won't even, I'm going to play basketball at six in the morning. I may go find a lover. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not kidding. You can't get it through talking on the radio and talking on the phone, right? Just make sure. Dude, well, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm worried. I'm, I told, I told Carver, hi, I'm so selfish that as you know, uh, that I, the first thing I thought of, she told me she was sick as a dog was the first thing I thought of was the show. And I'm like, I can't get, I, I said, to her, I can't get sick. Don't come near me. I go, I grabbed my mask. I started wearing masks in the house and I was like, I can't get sick. I, I, I feel horrible for you. Get away from me. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. She's in there. That went, up, went over well. <laughs> yeah. It's not going over well, but listen, you know, the way I look at it at this point, Greg is I'm not going to get any anyway for like a seven to 10 days, at least now I've already chalked that off as a swing and a miss. So it doesn't matter what my comments, uh, if they go over well or not, I already know I'm out, I'm out in the cold and I want to be like, I'm over here. Like I want nothing to, I even told Carver, I, when I go to the bathroom, I hold my breath. <laughs> I just, I hold my breath and I swim like a mile every day. So I'm pretty good at holding my breath for like 10, 15 strokes before I, I'll only, I'll only uh, breathe three times going down the Olympic size lap and I do a mile. So I've learned how to like hold my breath for a long uh, period of time. Also doing bongs in college, Greg, that also helped me with the ability to a power lung. So if I'm able to hold my breath in the same bathroom and shower where she uses it and the powder room downstairs where she uses i'm going to need to be able to hold my breath as you know <laughs> you just, you've explained everything to me all the years i've known you everything makes sense all right you know what i mean like i try to keep you up to date greg on everything going on 
uh, and all my problems. All right, so let's talk about the Seahawks for a second. Um, uh, what, first of all, your opinion of the price that they paid for Adams, uh, was it all worth it to you? Not yet. If they re-sign him after 2021 when his contract is up, then yeah. This is the steepest price the Seahawks have ever paid for a veteran player. First time they've ever traded two first-round picks for one guy. And they've had scattered success trading first-round picks for one first-round pick. And man, didn't work out here. Percy Harvin punched out a teammate before the Super Bowl, returned a kickoff for a touchdown, and then didn't do anything else. So this is a big step. And it's a big cost, not just what they gave up, plus a starter, Bradley McDougald, but what it's going to cost to keep him. He's probably going to be the highest-paid safety in the NFL next year. And Snyder and the Seahawks like to do their deals on their veteran re-ups with one year left on the deal. So I expect him to approach that this time next year. That's probably going to cost $16 million a year or so. Now, they're in good financial shape, cap shape next year, even with the cap going down by $23 million or so because of COVID. Russell Wilson signed his big deal last year. Bobby Wagner signed his big deal last year. They've got their big guns signed through well past 2021, so they can do it next year. But if they can't get it done for some reason and he goes, then it would be a failure. It would be too high of a cost for a player that you have only gotten two seasons out of. So, uh, fair enough, and, and I'm, I'm with you there. Let's d- dive into it a little further. Do you feel as though um, – like McDougald has some, he's got game, right? Like, and then you're yeah, adding. Yeah. He was it, one it, of the better players. I think he's a, a good player. He, he's solid. So, and then they're giving him a third rounder as well. So it's it's a first rounder and then a third rounder and then a first rounder, right? So it's like, um, I mean, it really is unbelievable. They got a fourth rounder and they got Adams in Seattle for all that, uh, you know, on the, on the, a dinner bill. So here's the deal. Uh, now, listen, I will tell you that he's a really, you already know he's a good player. You cover the NFL, but I'm telling you from a, like from a New Yorker, he was the best player on the team. They're always trying to sell Sam Darnold to everybody around here. Like he's Joe Namath. Uh, okay. When Joe Namath played for the Jets is the only time they ever won. And uh, Sam Darnold is no Joe Namath. I've heard enough about Sam Darnold being the greatest player, and he's really not. The bottom line is, is that Adams was their best player, bar none. Meanwhile, the guy, he went off, in a matter of one week, went off on the owner and the head coach. In, in one week, he did them both. That's why they traded him. This isn't about... It, 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 it was about money, but I think they could have given him a deal. They never said they wouldn't give him a deal, Greg, that I think they got rid of him eventually because he just started losing his mind and going off on the owner and the head coach, like publicly. And at that point, you just have to trade him. You just can't have some guy like pulling his pants down and, you know, doing his business right on the owner's face and on the head coach right down his ear. I mean, honestly. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you, because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. 
And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That on top of the fact they're a bad team, not winning, and then he's not getting paid. Yeah, and then somebody offers you two first-round picks, and that's why the Jets did it. I would have done it too if I was the Jets. Right. But... That doesn't make the Jets any better, like you said. The the real issue around the league is, is this what you pay for a safety? I mean, this is quarterback, the edge rusher, wide receiver type of a cost for an all-pro. Not a safety, usually. But the Seahawks are 27th against the pass last year, 26th in total defense. I would argue that their pass defense was bad because they had no pass rush at all. One of the worst pass rushes I've ever seen. And it didn't get much better. They signed Bruce Urban. Benson Mayola, both in their 30s, are going to be situational guys. Drafted Daryl Taylor from Tennessee in the second round, Alton Robinson from ten- from uh, Syracuse in the fifth round to be edge rushers. And that's what they got coming at them this year. LJ Collier, the first-round pick last year, barely played. Five times was a healthy scratch. He needs to rise up. Rasheen Green is a defensive end that's going to get a chance. He had four sacks to lead the team in a meager total last year. Their pass rush, even with Adams, even with Andre Biggs back with Adams, even if they're better in the secondary because of this trade, they, if they don't get a pass rush better than they had last year, it won't matter. And they got to get quarterbacks to get the ball out quickly. They're still in on Jadavion Clowney. Uh, that, people think that this tra- Adams trade means that the Seahawks are filed out. I don't think so. And this, what I've been told and what I've seen out here is that the Seahawks are just waiting for the market to continue to come back to them. Offered Clowney in March. Connie knows how much the Seahawks are willing to pay him. They're willing to pay him for one year or multi-year. It's not going to be anything what he was looking for close to $20 million. It's not going to be that that he was looking for at the beginning of March. But he's got a chance to sign with Seattle on a one-year deal and try this again next year in free agency. That's a dicey proposition with the salary cap going down. But when you're unsigned into August, you can take what you get. And he's going to go try to shop his, his le- and leverage Seattle's deals once team facilities open here in the next couple of weeks. But if he doesn't see the money he wants, I think he could come back to Seattle on a one-year deal, and then maybe Seattle's pass defense gets better with that. All right, we'll come back with Greg Bell uh, and talk more about this uh, situation with Adams, Clowney, Wilson, Carroll, the Seahawks, uh, and why they didn't uh, get Brown. A lot of people thought they were going to get Brown, and will they get Josh Gordon, all of that. Uh, on Pharrell on the Bench. We're talking to Greg Bell with Tacoma Trib, uh, a regular on the bench. It's good to have him on tonight. We're talking about uh, the Adams trade. All right, Pharrell on the Bench, we're talking to uh, Greg Bell up in the Pacific Northwest, Tacoma Trib News. Uh, so, Greg, uh, that's very interesting about Clowney because, you know, it goes like, by the day he's going somewhere else. Like today it was the saints and <laughs> last week it was the Browns. And you know, he's already gone to back to Seattle, like two, three different times during the COVID uh, over the last five months. Right. Like, so 
You're telling me, uh, just like that movie, we got a chance. You're you're telling me, Dumb and Dumber. You're telling me, Greg Val, that we still got a chance because I am a a clowny believer. I, what he did in the postseason for me was uh, enough to sell me. I you know, week to week, okay, he wasn't the greatest player in the world, but uh, he's still tough to deal with. And then in the postseason, he went off like. And aren't they built for the postseason? Aren't they built for playoffs? Isn't that what they're all about to begin with? Right. Seven of the last eight years, they made the playoffs, and he had them at number one seed in the NFC for a brief time with the stuff he pulled on Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers in that Monday night game when they were the first team in the league to beat San Francisco in November. Then he got the core muscle injury in that game, missed three of the final five regular season games, played hurt in the playoffs that you mentioned gutted through the Philadelphia game and the Green Bay game when they lost and then had the surgery in January. That surgery is why he hasn't re-signed or signed with anybody. He was hoping he didn't expect the pandemic to happen, of course, and shut down the entire economy, including every NFL team facility. So then he couldn't get the team doctors and firsthand physical exams he thought he would be able to get to get a free agent offer. That's what he's trying to get now that facilities are starting to open up again. So he's back where he thought he'd be in March to start August. And that's what he's going to do. He's going to shop. With, if he can get into buildings and see team doctors from other teams, he'll shop and try to leverage the Seahawks offer. The Seahawks have wisely just waited and said, well, here's what we offered. Take it or leave it. This is what we've offered you. And you know what we want. We want you back. And you know the defense. You like the 4-3 better than the 3-4 you're in at Houston. Coaches want you back. He went up to GM John Schneider's office at the end of the season after the playoff loss. He said he wanted to be back. Of course, the money has to be right. So, to me, it makes a lot of sense to say, look, I'm going to count on not needing a surgery in January again. I'm going to count on the pandemic not shutting down the facilities uh, and free agency again next March and try free agency again next year at age 28. And that's why a one-year deal makes sense to me for him. And he's even talked about the possibility of that. And if it's a one-year deal, I think Seattle makes the most sense rather than starting over in a brand-new system, brand-new teammates and coaching staff to go on a potentially shortened preseason, no preseason games, and then a 16-game or less trial to try to get in free agency again next year. That make a lot of sense to go to a new team under that condition. Hmm. Take me back to when they had Josh Gordon and how – uh, I vaguely remember how when, you know, he got popped again, they all talked about how they had him in the right place, the right frame of mind. They He had the right people around him. Uh, they cared about him. They loved him. Uh, they did everything in their power to keep him clean uh, and that they thought they had uh, figured it out in Seattle uh, with Josh. And then, uh, he got popped. He was gone. They were really upset about it. And then fast forward to now, uh, over the early part of the spring and summer, there was uh, footage, whatever, recently, a month and a half ago of uh, Brown working out with Wilson, got everybody all uppity. And everyone started saying that Antonio Brown was going to play for Seattle. And what happened where it went is it true that they're go going after josh gordon again that they want to save his life for the second time like how many times do you beat your head against a wall before you finally realize you got a, a an egg over your eye well the seahawks really did invest a lot in in josh gordon last year they signed him he played a few weeks for him 
had a miraculous 50 plus yard catch to help him win a game at Carolina. And the next day got suspended. His lawyer said that he's got suspended and got in trouble with substances because his uh, a family member died. And he understands the, the reason for his relapse and the responsibilities on him to come back and be straight from that. And he's around the right people. He thought he found a home here. The teammates, Seahawks teammates invited him in for Thanksgiving when his daughter was 2,000 miles away in Cleveland. Gordon talked about what a great environment it was for him here. and He wanted to make it work here. But this is his eighth time he's been suspended. Seven by the NFL. This one was for substance and performance-enhancing drugs both. It is no foregone conclusion that Roger Goodell is going to reinstate him. The Yes, the league has relaxed its marijuana policies, testing, its penalties. Yes, they've gotten precedence here in the offseason of players coming back from that. Uh, Alden Smith being one for the Cowboys, the most prominent. That doesn't mean that Josh Gordon's on his way back to the NFL. But if he is, Scott, I think he's coming back to Seattle. The Seahawks have had it in the back of their mind that it worked last year until the relapse. It was working. Big, tall, rangy receiver. Uh, older DK Metcalf. Metcalf's got the same body type, not as experienced or accomplished, of course. They'll take him back. They would want him back. And there's a place in the Seahawks uh, locker room and plans for Josh Gordon if the NFL reinstates him. Antonio wow. Brown, I don't think Antonio Brown is in the Seahawks plans. And if he is, it's going to be for late in the year and perhaps the playoffs. Uh, and again, the NFL has investigations to complete possible suspension for the charges he has of allegedly assaulting a delivery guy outside his house in Miami for two charges of uh, domestic violence and sexual assault. Uh, he's got probation, a two-year probation term from in Florida court for that. So if he get, what does decide and undecides and decides to come back again and retire and unretire and whatever else he wants to put on social media or whatever day it is, it's no big assumption. It's a huge assumption to say he's going to play if he wants to and some team will sign him. Any team that would sign him would then risk missing him for at least the first half of the season because of a suspension. Hmm. So when you are uh, uh, you know, seeing this all develop where the camps opening up, rookies, veterans, you know, uh, Carol, staff, everything that's going on in the world right now with COVID, the league is, you know, trying to put a brave face on it. Like they have, I mean, they kind of are selling, in my opinion, that they've, you know, they have a plan. This is what they're going to do. This is how they're going to execute it. Uh, we're not going with a bubble. We're going to do uh, severe testing uh, every day for weeks on end. And then every other day, there's going to be uh, massive rules, regulations, protocols. Everything is going to be military style, like a prison even. But uh, what's your feeling, Greg, about, um, you know, are you a buyer or seller that they can get in 16 games? Uh, do you think that it's going to be like baseball? First weekend, they've already started canceling games with uh, teams having multiple players coming down with it because they're traveling and going on airplanes and going. I don't even care if it's their own airplane. I don't care if they're staying in a, a hotel with, uh, you know, the freshest air in the world. I, I just, you know, it's the traveling and state to state and going from places where it's hot to places where it's not in terms of not weather, but hot spots. You know what I mean? What's your feeling about right. it all? Scott, if they 
can get through the entire 16 game season and not have teams canceled games and it goes everything according to plan, it'll probably be the greatest accomplishment in NFL history. I don't know how they're going to do it. They cannot put them in a bubble. There's 53 players plus 16 practice squad guys plus which you'll have to travel them because two of them are going to get activated to 55 on game days this year. Then you got two dozen coaches. Then you got PR guys and trainers and doctors. You're talking a hundred people. You can't put them in a bubble every weekend or weeks on end for 16 weeks across four months of a, of a year. You can't. So as you just mentioned, they're going to be traveling and going to the airports, and different flight crews, and the Seahawks charter a Delta Airlines jet that has its own same flight crew, but those people go home and live the rest of their lives out in society every day, right. and they come work for the Seahawks for two, three days. They go to hotels. Those hotel workers go home to their families and do whatever they do outside of their work hours, and then they come back to work. It is much, much different than the NBA has got going on, or even the NHL with two bubble cities. Uh, it And it's doubly tricky than it is in major league baseball because the roster sides are twice as large it a massive undertaking massive i think they're going to have to maintain daily testing which is going to get expensive and you're going to hear calls from the public rightly so that why are these players and coaches getting tested every day every day when the rest of society can't do that and by and large people can't get results back in 24 hours it takes some people 10 days to get covid results you're going to hear a lot about that too uh this is college football is even worse because of campuses and 105 guys on the roster. And right. I, I don't know how they're going to do that, but NFL football as they want it to be is, I don't know how, I don't know how there are some municipalities. Like I saw that Atlanta is expecting 10 to 20,000 fans in the stadium. How is that going to happen? And then you're going to have Seattle, which is as locked down as any city and County in the country. They're not going to have any fans at games this year. Totally takes away Seattle's home field advantage. It, it's just we have no idea what we're about to run into in this NFL season. I'm afraid it's a disaster. It's it's a disaster. Greg, uh, I got to run. Fabulous stuff tonight, per usual. Uh, appreciate the skinny on Adams and everything else going on uh, with the Seahawks. We'll be in touch. We'll get you on when uh, things are rolling along here, hopefully in the NFL uh, camps and into the season. And uh, we'll get you on the TV side on Coast to Coast on Sports Grid. Thanks for coming on the bench tonight, buddy. Stay healthy and uh, take care of your family. All the best. Thanks, man. You too. Be good, be good to that wife, man. She deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Greg. Greg Bell with the uh, Tacoma Trib News with us on the bench tonight. Uh, we got a lot more to do tonight. Uh, Carver High's birthday is tomorrow. He's going to be 40. Carver High, break that news to me again. Uh, it, can we put it under? Uh, this is our new, uh, not zany radio bit. This is our. He's having yeah. a bad day. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is, is our new we, category. We like we've, doing. You, uh, we've done this for years, though. We've done. He's we having have. a bad day for years. Well, today's. We didn't really get to it today on the TV show. We were very busy, but tonight's. Uh, he's having a bad day. Definitely goes to Mike Fulton of the Atlanta Braves because not only did he get racked three and a third 
four hits, six runs, four walks, three homers he gave up. Tough night for Fulte, his first start of the year. The Braves said, have a good night. DFA'd after the game, designated for assignment. So one start, geez. And hey, you know what? Only 60 games. You can't have guys that are uh, holding you back. Fulte got one shot. He's having a bad day. (laughs) One start, Fulte gone. How many innings did he go? He went three and a third. Uh, But he got hammered. I mean, he got racked. Uh, You know, three or four hits homers. He gave up a ton of walks. And the Braves got absolutely smacked 14 to 5 by the Rays tonight down at the Trop. So, uh, not a good day for the the Bravos. If you look at the uh, games that uh, we did on Coast to Coast, because you had me go through a litany of games today. I did. you know, most of the games are canceled, but the ones that uh, that I did for you, I was pretty much dead on, wasn't I? Mets, uh, they're still up. Uh, they're up. What? What'd you say? Seven four. Correct. Seven in four the in the bottom of the ninth. Um, and then I gave you the Cubs. Uh, I told you on the air they're up eight one. Did I not say that the Reds are? That's a that's. Everyone's favorite pick is the Reds. That's like picking the Browns in the NFL every year, picking the Reds. The Reds have been awful for 15 years. And uh, and they are – people are – Miller put them in – Scott Miller put them in the World Series. Now, that might very well happen. I could be wrong. I still do not buy the Cincinnati Reds. And then I gave you the uh, A's. I gave you the uh, Rays over the Braves, the Royals over the Tigers. I told you I'm not buying the Tigers either. I'll still take the Royals, and they beat them 14-6. I gave you the Astros, and they won 8-5. I mean, what didn't I give you? I mean, honestly, today on Coast to Coast, I I went off. Tampa was my uh, top pick on PharrellOnTheBench.com. That's where everybody gets my picks. It's the Walmart of uh pick services too by the way everyone knows it sounds, knows like, what it sounds like you had a really good day in the mlb that's what it sounds like sounds it to me like I, you had a good day i mean i had a pretty good day all things being equal but more so on coast to coast because uh there were games that were going on during the day right the yes two games uh, the a game and then the padre diamondback game was also going on while we were on right i got the uh diamondback game wrong I'm losing faith in the Diamondbacks uh, rapidly after watching them. Remember the opener, I took Paddock over Bumgarner. Uh, I hit that. And then yep. I started trying to go with Arizona over the weekend, and that did not go well. And then no. I, I went with them again today, and I, I must have been stupid, and they got whacked. And I was watching that game. It got so ugly, I turned the channel. That's a I, nice start for the Padres, taking three out of four from the Diamondbacks. Real nice start. Real nice start. I'll give you that. So, but I'm watching right now. The best game of the day is the Pirate Brewer game. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed that, but that's the best game of the day. Now they had a little all rain these delay. Other games right? are they had a little rain delay in Pittsburgh. They had a, a little rain delay in Pittsburgh. Everybody went out for beers. You know, when there's a rain delay, you're right there on the north side. You can go right up, uh, get a beer. And uh, now, oh, the Brewers just tied it up. Now, I'm a Pirate fan. I want the Pirates to win every day. But uh, I bet on the Brewers. So, as you know, I don't bet with my heart. So, I took the Brewers tonight. I gave you that on Coast to Coast. And uh, they just, Kane just tied it up. 
in the eight, I think in the eighth inning, I could be wrong. I, it's either the seventh or the eighth. I've been, you know, it's hard for me to, it's still the seventh. Cause I'm watching and I, you know, Oh, there's two outs in the seventh and he drove in that run uh, uh, from third. Now they got runners on first and second and they could take the lead in this game with two outs. What do you think of that team? I, I think they're dangerous. And, you know, I was a little surprised last week. We had some people on here telling us uh, I'm not naming names. I, I'm not a, a D like that. But do you remember last week people trying to sell me that the Brewers, Cardinals and Cubs all suck? Yeah, I'm like, not into that at all. Literally, <laughs> they're all terrible. Like, they have nothing. Like, literally, that they are not talented. Like, they make the playoffs, and uh, right? And and they're, they're playoff teams. And yeah. now, suddenly, they suck? I, do you remember guess. my reaction to it? I was like, what are you talking about? I mean, well, what, the, what's the, happening The here? problem with the Brewers that a lot of people have is that their starting pitching is uh, leaves a lot to be desired. They do not have a lot of good arms. Uh, the Brewers. Uh, they're a team does, that likes to match. Yeah, I know. You're right. You're That's right. The thing, like every single team in baseball, is lucky if they have one great pitcher on their rotation, like you know, a star pitcher or a really good pitcher in their rotation. If you have one really good pitcher, you're lucky. If you have three decent ones, you're on cloud nine. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not talking about a good one. I'm talking about three decent ones. Then you're on cloud nine. But like how many teams in baseball have average pitching and bullpen, but they totally rely on their bats and speed and everything else in defense? No, there, there's a lot. There absolutely is. Uh, I, there's not a lot of, you know, top, uh, you know, up and down great rotations throughout the league. I'm not saying that there is, but... Um, I think that that's the one thing when people look at that team, they feel that way. And, and, and the Cubs, you know, Hendricks is good. I think he doesn't get a lot of respect. Lester is not the same as he used to be, but I think the Cubbies have a little bit more pitching. Oh, there's an error. Oh, there's an error. It's loaded on a grounder to the Frazier and he, a Newman and he booted it. I I think it's Newman. Is Newman the shortstop? I think he is Newman. (laughs) Anyway. I think Newman uh, butchered it. I could be wrong. I think he is the uh, shortstop. It is Newman. It is. I got everything down, Pat. Here's the deal. I, You know, I respect the guy that said it. I like him a lot, right? So I'm not going to sit here and, and be a jerk. I'm just saying, like, the Brewers are a playoff team. Are they not? Are they not a really good team? Like, how is it that you make the playoffs with yell? So, is that what you're going to tell me next? That they have just Yelich and that's it, and they have one player, and that's why they made the playoffs. I just do not buy that at all. And by the way, Yelich is up with the sacks full right now. You know what's about to happen, don't you? And your boy Tooley's throwing hooks in there, throwing a big old cheese feta cheese hook. He had a big old feta hook carver high on your birthday, son. Tomorrow's your birthday. Are you excited? Yeah, you know, this yeah. is it. Uh, last night, last night of my 30s. And I'm right. uh, spending it right here with you on uh, Pharrell on the bench. And um, yeah, it's emotional. It's definitely an emotional night. Last night of my oh, 30s. Oh, two now on uh, this guy Turley throwing gigantic hooks. Oh, two on Yelich. Is he really going to go back to that same hook again, three in a row? 
I mean, if he throws that thing again, Yelich is going to put it into the river. He cannot throw that same pitch again. Here it is. I'm under a tremendous strain. He threw a fastball, and Yelich drove it, but it's going to be caught. I think it's – oh, it's in the seats. Foul. It was right down the line and left. So, anyway, uh, 39, your last moments of 39. You know what's weird about uh, everything is that your birthday is the day before my birthday. We have back-to-back birthdays. That's, like, unheard of. What friends do you have that you have? I guarantee you have no other friend that has a birthday the day after yours or the day before yours. No, I do not. And that's, uh, yeah, you got 40 for me coming up here tomorrow, and then you got the double nickel for you coming up on Wednesday. So it is a big birthday week for the shows here. This is uh, an annual uh, rite of passage, the big birthday week for both of us on well, Farrell on the big Bench. Birthday. Think about it. Your big birthdays are what? Uh, 16, uh, 21. Uh, Yelich drives it to the deep center, but out. They get him, leave the bases full in the seventh with the uh, two-year MVP ago. Does that make sense? Two years ago, Yelich would have hit that out, and now he hits a fly ball. How about the gritty, nice pirate, gritty pirate bullpen? How about the gritty pirate bullpen coming through here? Yeah, look, uh, all these guys trying to make it survive, uh, have a job, and not be Fultonavich. Uh, so anyway, um, here's the deal: 16, 21, 25, 30, yeah, 25, 40, yeah. 25. No. Well, I think that after 21, it it just becomes on the tens. After that, like when you flip to a new number, when you go to 30, when you go to 40, when you go to 50, I don't think there's anything on the in the mids uh, after that. You're just going 21 to 30. Yeah, in terms of stuff that you you kind of... And then 40. Yeah. And then 50 is huge. 50's big. When you get to 50, 50's I, a big one, right? But listen, I'm telling you, double nickels is huge. Remember when Jordan had double nickels at the garden? Double Thank nickels, you. son. <laughs> you gotta... Double nickels is a big one. Uh, and 60. And then uh, 65 is a big one because then... You cannot take your Social Security for another two years, and you'll get more, right? At 67, allegedly. If there is such a thing as Social Security by then, we could all be dead by September with the Hanta. But if if I were to live to be uh, hypothetically 67, that was that would be when I would yank the social if I get it, right? I, I you just know I'll never get that money. I just know because politicians get worse by the year, and the Congress gets worse by the year. Senate gets worse by the year. These people that run the, the, this country, uh, they're all fascists and liars and backstabbers and thieves. And really, uh, I don't know where they find these people. In mud? I mean, honestly. You know, I, I saw, I see these politicians all the time getting all this attention. And I, I just don't understand it. I, I really don't get it. Like, I saw the chick. Did you see the chick? Uh I forget her name. Uh, the, she's a Spanish uh, a congresswoman. Do you know who I'm talking yes. about? This Octavio. AOC. Uh, yeah, AOC. Did you see her lighting up the guy that, that cussed her out or whatever? Did you see her I did cussing see that. Yes. She lit him up in Congress, like it humiliated the guy, ruined his name, ruined his life. And he had it coming, apparently. But that's what I'm talking about. It's this kind of stuff that is so unappealing to me. Like, I'm sitting there watching and going, and are you like, uh, given lessons here today about how to how to behave or are you fixing the world we live in they because they don't do anything about that they don't fix anything ever 
but they they're sure to tell you about manners and about how to how to act and how to live and what to say and what not to say and who to like who not to like and who to hate and who oh my god these people so uh, I don't trust them as far as I get spit of getting my social security, my ass when I'm 65, 67 years old. So anything over that, like at 70, I, you just don't even, I think, you know, basically now double nickel be the last birthday I care about because from this point forward, it's downhill. It's, it's downhill. You still got valuable uh, birthdays left 50 double nickel 60. You got a long way to go. I'm already there. I'm already going. I'm on the I'm literally on the 13th hole right now. I'm running out of holes. I'm watching the Brewers and Buckos. We're keeping an eye on everything for you. On a bench. Oh, your boy. I think it's Colin Moran. Isn't that his name, uh, Carver High? Uh, yes, for the, that is his name. For the Buckos, just hit a jack into the river, into the Allegheny. Down by the Monongahela in the Ohio, the Allegheny. Probably cloudy in Allegheny County. With the Buckos down there on the south side, going to go down to Carson Street with Pharrell after the game, and they're going to drink beers and talk about the Stellars. And uh, he hit a, a solo bomb in the bottom of the seventh to give the Pirates the lead on the Brew Crew after Kane tied it up in the seventh. And then Yelich left the bases loaded with two outs flying out to center. And then Moran comes up in the bottom half of the inning and goes, yardage. And he smacked it all the way to the river. Uh, it ran by the river. He also hit another home run earlier in the game. He's got both pirate runs tonight. And how about this? Didn't I send you a clip today? He had the first pirate home run of the season over the weekend. Uh, Sunday, the Cardinals at Bush. He is on fire. And Red Hot, go figure, Red Hot. He's got a red ginger beard. Have you seen him? Yes, he has got the ginger beard. It's a nice-looking beard that Moran's got on him. Love it. He looks a little bit like the early stages of a beard that Jumbo Thornton would have. <laughs> Ever seen him? He looks just like a little bit. Jumbo Thornton playing for the Pirates now. How over, buddy. Did you like the uh, baseball clips I ran today of the guy? Uh... Oh, the Philly ones were great. The Philly ones were outstanding. All right, so am I in trouble here? <laughs> time-wise, Carver High, where am I at? I'm almost out of time. All right, PharrellOnTheBench.com. Uh, we got another hour. Go from uh, New York, where I'm watching Pirates late night. Got a lot going on here. I'm gambling heavily. <laughs>